You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life. For real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 361. And get ready, okay? Just get ready to be like, I should really gonna talk about this. Anyway, I'm calling it hoarding creativity. All right. So just to be clear, okay, this is a trigger word for a lot of people, hoarding. Um, I just want to be clear, I am not a mental health professional. I completely acknowledge that this is a a mental health diagnosis. Um, I encourage you to go back in May. I had two podcasts. You know, if you're feeling very triggered by this word, okay, I encourage you to go back to the podcasts I did in May of 22. I was going to say this year, but now it's 2023. And listen to me have a conversation with someone who, you know, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about hoarding disorder and how um, the five-step process has changed her ability to uh, make decluttering progress in her home. Also, another one that I had in May as well with someone who specifically helps in hoarding cleanouts and I mean, like that's his job and he uses the five-step process as well. So those are much more official. I am using this word more like people casually use it. I am not saying it's okay to casually use it. I'm just saying it's something that popped in my head as I was experiencing something where I realized I'm holding on to my creativity and it's actually hurting me. So the psychiatry.org definition, uh, when you Google, what's the definition for hoarding disorder was, uh, people with persistent difficulty getting rid of or parting with possessions due to a perceived need to save the items. Hold on. I'm going to check my Google because did it say people with, okay. So the question was, what is hoarding disorder? And the little thing that showed up was people with hoarding disorder have persistent difficulty getting rid of or parting with possessions due to a perceived need to save the items. So it's the perceived need part, you know, that I'm focusing on here. I just, I just want to let you know, when you say, when you Google the words definition of hoarding, there's all kinds of different things that come up. There's 
definition of hoarding, you know, how it automatically fills out like what you're maybe looking for here on Google, uh, definition of hoarding disorder, definition of hoarding in economics, definition of hoarding behavior, definition of hoarding in construction. Okay. Definition of hoarding animals, definition of hoarding money, definition of hoarding DSM-5. I hope that's not something inappropriate. I have no idea what it is. Uh, definition of hoarding in advertising, definition of hoarding medication. Like, okay. So it's one of those things. It's a word that gets used beyond its actual official diagnosis capacity. Okay. So I just want to acknowledge that I am not taking this lightly, but it is something, it's a way of thinking about myself. It's a way of thinking about what it is that I'm doing here and how that affects my house. Yeah, that's what I do here, right? I blather on and on and on and on and on for many, many hours um, about what is it in my personality? What is it that's natural to me to think to do that then affects my house negatively, that makes it harder to function in my home and live in my home and do the things I want to do? Okay. So, uh, the reason that I started thinking about this is one of my n- New Year's resolution. Not really, y'all. I mean, don't get it's so funny. I had a video and I've talked about it on podcasts before, but I had a video come out on YouTube last week. And I'm not saying funny, like <laughs> I'm saying funny, interesting. Uh, I had a YouTube video that was uh, two totally realistic resolutions. And they are, which I've sh- shared on podcasts before, um, live in your home, meaning like prioritize living space within your home. And get rid of stuff you hate, like give yourself permission to go ahead and get rid of something now as you realize you don't like it, as opposed to waiting until later when you're officially doing a decluttering project. Cause that's one of my natural tendencies, right? Is to be like, oh my goodness, this knife is really awkward to hold. Ugh, man, I need to declutter this knife drawer instead of just going ahead and getting rid of that. So anyway, but what was interesting was people... I had a couple different things and then somebody just said it. They were like, I didn't want to watch this because I thought it would add to my anxiety. And so I'm like, sometimes these words, resolution, like just hearing it, you think, no, 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 I can't do that. Okay. So I'm just telling you, don't freak out because I use the word resolution. But one of my little resolutions, which eh, if you want to call it that, I don't know. What is, is to do better on Instagram. You know, like it's a business thing, right? Like my kids are always, they're a little bit proud. Well, they are very proud of, um, you know, having someone with over 40,000 followers following them. Y'all, I know there's people who have millions of followers, blah, blah, blah. 40 is nothing, but it's a lot. Like, it, you know, my kids are pretty impressed with my 40,000 followers. So, but it's, but they're like, mom, how do you have that many followers? How are you constantly gaining new followers when you literally never post on there? I mean, I'm like, it's almost never that I ever put anything up there. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess people just are like, oh, I'm going to go follow Dane on Instagram or whatever. So I... Who I'm talking fast today, aren't I? Have you already thought it? You thought, did I speed this up? Hmm. Um, so anyway, I it's one of my things I want to do. I'm like, I just I've I've got an audience here. I really need to be doing more on this space. And so for the year, I'm just like, I need to be posting consistently or just at least often, right? And so very beginning of the year, I was like, oh, I had an idea to post something. And I posted it and yay, that was great. And then I had another idea and I was like, oh, well, do I really want to post that right now? Do I want to post it today? Because, or should I, should I make this schedule of when I'm going to post things? Because what if I run out of ideas? That was my thought process. I don't want to go ahead and post this 
because I might run out of ideas. And if I run out of ideas, then I will fail at this resolution to post more on Instagram. Okay. But I know myself. And when I don't post it in the moment, when I'm thinking about it, when it sounds interesting and fun to me, I forget about it. And then I never post it. And that's how I get in the situation where I haven't posted anything on Instagram in forever. But I, I just started thinking like, why am I doing this? Why am I holding back on this thing that I really want to do? And I'm doing it because I think I'm going to run out. Like I know better. I know better about how creativity works. I have learned so much about how creativity works. How have I learned about how creativity, blah, that's a hard word to say a million times. How have I learned about how creativity works and functions and becomes um, something I can depend on happening by being creative? I did not know I knew I wanted, so back in 2009, right? Like I was desperately wanting to be a writer. I thought I would like writing. I had some feedback from my past that said, Dana, you could write. I thought writing would be something that would be good to fit into the lifestyle that I wanted, you know, with my kids and everything. And yet I did not know both how much I liked it. I did not find my voice to do it until I started doing it right? So as long as I was just thinking about it and planning it, thinking I understood, it was not until I was actually doing it that I then realized, I I mean, like if I, if I wrote one blog post, it gave me the energy and the inspiration to do 10 more, you know, but as long as I was just making a list of all the things I was going to do one day and all the things I might write about, the list would only be three things long. So I'm saying, but doing one of them then made the list longer and doing another made the list longer to the point where I'm like, I can never write it all. I can never. So that's what I wanted, right? Like I wanted words galore, but I only had a limited amount of words as long as I wasn't writing them. But once I started writing them, that's when I had the words galore. <sighs> I don't know if this makes any sense or not. Anyway, I know better. That's that's my point is I was able to catch myself sooner on Dana. This does not serve you well. It does not serve you well to try to hoard creativity. Hoarding creativity also gets me into the whole perfectionism, right? Because if I'm not doing it often, then I, first of all, don't have the confidence that I'm really very good at this. I also am putting more and more pressure on myself to make the thing that I put out rarely perfect. So I'm saying like, like this has to be perfect. So how does this relate to your home? Well, think about it. Okay. If you are, if you are holding back on doing something, this is my story, right? Like I was holding back thinking about all the ways I needed to change my home. As long as I wasn't actually doing it, my house stayed in its state of complete and total disaster, right? Like my house, as long as I wasn't doing anything, my house stayed a disaster. Okay. Kind of like, as long as I'm not putting out an Instagram post, there are no Instagram posts on my Instagram. Okay. And some of y'all are like, who cares about Instagram? But I'm just saying, this was the thing that got me thinking about hoarding creativity and how it, I, I, I see it being a parallel issue 
or a, a common issue with those of us who also struggle with clutter in our home. Okay. So as long as I'm not doing anything, then my house is staying a disaster and my house is not getting any better, obviously. Okay. But the longer I don't do anything, the more pressure I'm putting on myself that when I do something, it has to be done perfectly, right? Like the the worse it gets, the bigger of a project that it's going to be for me to tackle it, the more pressure I put on how amazing that project of tackling it is going to be. I, I mean, like it, that is the issue here. The longer that I put it off, the longer I don't take action, the more pressure I'm putting on myself to have perfect action when I do it. Okay. So, um, again, I just have to say, I know that hoarding disorder is real and I know that I am not qualified to diagnose it. Okay. I will say I hear from a lot of people who have been diagnosed with hoarding disorder and the five-step process does work. Okay. For many of them, I'm not going to say all at all, because there's always different levels, but for many, that was the thing that helped them break through. So anyway, I'm just, just making sure in case you're having an issue with me saying that word a lot. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. So let's top, 
talk about how do we not hoard creativity and how does this have a parallel with our stuff and our house? Okay. So here's the thing. What I have found in creativity. Okay. And, and just to be clear, one of my big moments in this whole deslobification process, in case you're new around here, one of the big moments for me was realizing that clutter issues and creativity are common in the same people. Okay. So m- not all creative people have clutter issues, but most people with clutter issues are extremely creative. Like it is a common thread among those who struggle with clutter to be highly, highly creative people. Okay. So that's why I think it's a super valid thing to be talking about creativity. So where I have found creativity to really be something that gives me the, 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 the jazzed feeling that I'm looking for, you know, when I have all these big ideas, when I really experience the creativity as opposed to taking it out of my head and into the experience of it and experience the joy of that, you know, this like I am being who I'm supposed to be right now. Um, it is spurred by the reaction. Okay. It is spurred more by the reaction than it is by the idea. I'm not saying just the reaction from others. All right. Although that's very helpful, right? Like, I am encouraged to keep posting on Instagram because I'm like, oh, I posted this goofy little thing that wasn't perfect. And people were like, oh, I get that. I have that happen to me too, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm spurred on. But even if it's just from myself, okay, is this idea of, I've realized that when I, you know, look at decor and think about decorating and stuff like that, it has never been my issue that I didn't have the stuff to decorate with. Like literally that has never been the problem for me in decorating. I had too much stuff because I would bring things in and bring things in, but I wasn't taking action to actually hang the thing on the wall or place the thing in the corner or, you know, put the blah, blah, blah up. I was just bringing stuff in thinking this would be cool. This would be cool. This would be cool. Wouldn't that be fun and funky and different and interesting? But then I never did anything with it. I was just bringing it in. Okay. So it's like I was gathering the stuff to be creative, but I was hoarding my actual creativity. And what was that definition again? Um, it was difficult to get rid of or part with the possessions, even to put them up due to this perceived need to save my creativity. Okay. Like, Oh, I want to do it. You know, the longer I didn't do it, the better it had to be when I actually did do it. But going ahead and using those things, even if they're not going to be perfect, that's what has moved me forward. Okay. So to go ahead and hang the, the picture on the wall and say, okay, I've collected all these wall hangings. And here they are stacked up in a corner where I always have this little fear in my brain that I'm going to trip and fall and smash all of them at one time and they're all going to be ruined. Okay, that is me having the stuff to be creative, but holding on to it because I haven't, oh, it's just not perfect yet. You know, I worked with somebody who was like, I don't want to put holes in the wall because what if it's not where I end up wanting to keep it? And I'm like, I get that. But for me, I had to say, I need to be okay with a hole in my wall because putting it on the wall is the thing that perpetuates that creativity. Putting it on the wall 
lets me go. Oh my word, that looks so good on the wall. Oh, I do love that. I do love that wall hanging. You know what? Actually, it would look better over here. And then it ends up in the place. And I guess I have a tiny hole in my wall. And yet I am so much better off than I was when it was in a stack leaned up against the wall. Okay. Because that was just a frustrating space. Now it's actually up on the wall. And then that spurs my creativity. Once I see it in the wrong place, once I see it done imperfectly, then I am excited about it. Okay. I'm feeling the creativity. I'm feeling creative. I'm feeling like, oh, it's, I'm actually doing this. This is great. And that spurs me on to then go, you know what? It would actually be better over here. But as long as it's in the stack, it would, I, I don't have that creativity is being stifled because it's being held back. I'm holding back my creativity, which then keeps me from actually being able to do the thing. And then I'm stuck in my clutter situation. So I'm saying, so creativity is spurred by a reaction, sometimes from other people, sometimes from you. Sometimes the reaction is to the process itself, as opposed to reaction to, oh, I've done it right and completely. Just the process, the reaction to the, I enjoy doing that. Like the worthiness of the time spent doing this. So many times it's like, I think that I would enjoy doing such and such. So I'm going to collect the stuff for that because I'm pretty sure I would enjoy doing this kind of stuff. Someday at some point in my life, I will have the time to devote to this activity that I am gathering things for. Okay. But the joy in creativity comes from the process. Okay. Now I, I know I say with books, I don't know if I've said this on here before. Who who am I kidding? I've said everything on here before. When I write a book, I will joke about, you know, I like having written books. The process is actually horrible. That's not totally true. Okay. Like I do, I'm not sitting there smiling and giggling as I'm writing. I'm groaning. And if I'm not in the library, I'm like screaming sometimes. You're like, oh, this is so hard. Why is this so hard? And yet it's the process of doing it that it spurs on the creativity. You know, as long as it's just an idea sitting in the corner, I'm not actually being creative. Only when I'm creating, that's when I'm being creative. Okay. So the value of creativity is your reaction, your personal reaction to the process. Do I actually enjoy this? Am I glad I did this? Is this a worthy way to spend my time? Okay. Like, but I don't know that as long as the stuff is just sitting there, as long as I am holding on to this stuff, thinking about it, but not actually doing it. Okay. So I had a, um, I have a person in my family trying to be so vague here, right? Anyway, who happens to probably be the most like me, bless this person's heart anyway. Um, but this, this is a person with big ideas confidence in their big ideas before they actually act upon them and makes huge plans and then does them and sometimes loves them and sometimes doesn't love them. Right. So, um, this, this person gave up something really big to do this thing that they were absolutely sure that they were going to love, even though they had literally never done it at all ever in any way before, but they were sure this is going to be the thing that is going to be my whole life. This is my whole life. So they gave up something else that, that, you know, 
they didn't absolutely love, but they liked, right? And um, then they ended up hating the thing that they had been sure they were going to love for the rest of their life, okay? Um, The only way to know that was to experience it. The only way to know that, you know what, I'd rather have this than that was to experience that, okay? I know I'm being vague because I'm telling someone else's story here. If you have a bunch of stuff in your house because it is for the future when you will be acting on creativity, it's really helpful to go ahead and act on something imperfectly now so that you can know, is it, do I actually need a place for these things? Okay. So many times, I mean, y'all know that I don't use the, um, I don't use the phrase, a place for everything, everything in its place, even though that's actually how you do keep your house under control. But I don't like that phrase because it's too simple, right? Like we do the, where would I look for it first? Some people ask me like, why do you ask that question before you ask the question? Did I remember that I had this? And, and I'm like, well, because my personality is one that just saying, you know, is this useful? Did you remember that you had this? I can get real frustrated. Okay. So I instead give myself this completely, um, unambiguous, I guess, you know, no way to think about or agonize over if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Okay. Like it's a literal, there's only one answer. And then I act on that one answer. So, but, but, you know, just telling you, you're never going to do these things. If somebody tells me you're never going to actually do this, Dana, I know you, you're never actually going to do When have you ever done that? That's not helpful, right? So instead say, okay, one way that I can get through this breakthrough, my issues with stuff and my fear of getting rid of things, my fear of what if someday I wished I'd kept that One of the best ways to do that, if you find yourself completely stuck, is to go ahead and do the thing. Stop letting it be an idea for the future. If you have an entire cabinet full of stamp supplies, stamping, you know, like making cards and things like that. If you have that entire cabinet full, but you have never stamped a card, the best thing you can do is stamp a card imperfectly. Stamp an example card. Stamp a piece of random paper. Stamp a, if you're making a a to-do list for, are you making your grocery list? Decorate it. Do that right now. Pull out a stamp, okay, of what you can see and access easily. We're not gonna pull everything out. We never do that, right? We're not gonna like, set up an entire room for stamping before you've ever done it, decorate your grocery list and see, is this fun? Or was it fun for the person who told me how much they loved it, that then it made me think I needed to do that too. And it turns out I actually cannot stand the way that this ink smells or, oh, this stuff that this friend gave me to get me started that she was decluttering, it was on its last legs. And now it has sat there for, um, I don't know, what, two years and it's all dried up anyway. Or, you know, I mean like, but doing the thing, not hoarding the creativity, not holding on to or being unwilling to part with something 
your time, okay, to do this due to a perceived need to save the items. Like say, okay, let me take the perceived need out of the equation by actually doing the thing and experiencing it. Okay. So let me do this thing. And then if I love it, first of all, I'm going to know what it requires to do it. Can I just pull out one stamp and one stamp pad? I don't know. Why do I choose things that I don't know anything about? Although if y'all know, you've read my books, right? And I'm sure I've said it here too before. I had an entire set of stamp stuff that I had gotten at a garage sale and I'd never stamped anything. Anyway, so I, go ahead and do the thing because it's going to either get me to this position where I'm ready to let go because I found out I don't like it, or it's going to help me know that I do like it. I'm having deja vu right now. I know I've said this kind of stuff before, right? Like this is the type of thing that we talk about here, but I think it's so key. And I think it's a different way to think about it. Like, am I hoarding? Am I holding on to my creativity because I'm afraid it's going to run out? And how is that affecting my actual home? It is actually more beneficial to try the thing than to just say for, for many of us, okay, like I, I'm never going to react well. Well, and I kind of said this before, but I'm never going to react well to somebody saying you're never going to do that. I'm like, well, guess what? Now I am because you said I wasn't going to do it. So shows you right. Uh, instead doing the thing, first of all, gets to prove them wrong, but also it becomes my decision, right? Like I don't like being told what to do. I just don't. And so, and I don't like somebody underestimating me and I don't like somebody misinterpreting me and not understanding, misunderstanding me and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, so if I have tried the thing, then I get to decide, oh yeah, I actually don't like this and I'm willing to let it go. And it's me making that decision. Okay. As opposed to I need to be different and I need to do, I need to give in to whatever other people thought of me. It becomes my decision when I've actually tried the thing. Okay. I have lots of examples. So I had the stamps. Um, I also bought a bunch of frames at garage sales. Like I was buying literally every non-broken frame, wooden frame that I found at garage sales because I was gonna start painting them in funky, cool colors because I had seen other people. This was kind of back in the, what was it? Early 2000s. And people were putting colors together that I had never seen put together before. And I thought it was so cool and so neat. And so I was going to start doing that. And I was buying, 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 because I was going to do that one day. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun if I found out a way to sell those, blah, blah, blah. And then I, after I had like an entire couple of boxes full, I finally painted one. And I was like, okay, I'm not very good at putting these colors together. <laughs> this is not, this is not my thing. This is not my gift. I don't enjoy this. Instead, I feel kind of dumb because these do not look good. Like not even good enough to hang it, to hang it on my wall, you know? And so I, after way too long, probably years later, because this was before I was doing my dislocation thing, right? I finally got rid of all that stuff and was like, oh, I only had this because I was going to be creative one day. The minute that I tried to do this thing, I went, yeah, this is not fun to me. Not that I couldn't have figured it out, right? Like I could have figured it out, but it wasn't fun. And so it wasn't the thing that I had kept it to be, right? Okay. So if you are into, oh, and I had other examples of making Christmas ornaments. I did do that one year. I actually liked some of those, but it wasn't joyful and fun enough for me to want to do it every single year, the way I had gathered and collected stuff to be able to do it 
as my thing. This was going to be my thing. I enjoyed it. I experienced it. They turned out somewhat decent. And then I was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't have to do that again. Right. Kids portraits. You know, that was something that I really thought this was going to be my thing. I was going to take pictures because I was the yearbook editor when I lived in Thailand for our school and got to, um, this is before digital cameras, but got somebody else was paying for all the film that I was using. And so I got pretty good at it. And so I thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to do kids portraits. And so I was gathering props and all these things for kids portraits. And it turned out that actually, you know, as I did a couple of those, I realized, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to find a place for my kids to go while I, you know, go out in the evening or my husband's home in the evening. And now we're not having the family time that I want because I've got to go, um, do, you know, so it was like, but by doing a couple of them, it helped me realize, oh, okay. Now it took me way too long to get rid of the stuff and to give up on the thing, but I was much more ready to get rid of the stuff once I was actually decluttering and understanding the power of decluttering because I had tried the thing as opposed to, oh, them saving this, holding on to something because someday I'm going to be creative. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. One thing, if you have just collected a lot of random things for the idea of being creative, say it is going to serve me to go ahead and practice some creativity. I want to do cool creative things. Okay. If you are feeling stuck in your home, if you're feeling like you're nervous that maybe, um, maybe you do need to talk to somebody about if maybe you should be diagnosed or, you know, check into what the process would be, you know, because maybe you're worried that you do have hoarding disorder and you realize, oh, I've collected a lot of ambiguous random things with the idea of their usefulness someday with the idea of creativity. One thing that I recommend is that you go ahead and try to be creative shopping your house for supplies to try a creative endeavor. Okay. You know, look around, say, okay, I wanted to be someone and that's why I was holding this on. I'm going to focus then on being someone and I'm going to shop my actual house. Like what is it that I already have that I could do some sort of a creative endeavor? I know my mom which I don't think this will be the style anymore, but there was a time where she made uh, brooches. Is that what they're called? You know, the pins that you wear. And 
she made them out of all these antique buttons or whatever. And she put them together and she, you know, so maybe you've been holding on to antique buttons because you've seen projects that people do with that. And that is so cool. And so you've gathered them or you've, you know, people have given them to you when they found out that you liked them or whatever. Go ahead and try the pers- the creative thing. Maybe it's that you saw that when it was really cool in the nineties or wherever. And so you start doing it now and you're like, okay, this actually isn't the thing that people would wear now or whatever, you know, like, and maybe it is, I don't know. Y'all know I'm not fashionable, but working on that and saying, I'm going to go ahead and try something to see if I like it. That is going to take you so much further in your whole pursuit to change how you see your stuff in your home. Go ahead and do the thing. The other thing to remember, kind of like I talked at the beginning about, you know, resolutions and live in your home. Part of that is you're going to need space to do the thing, right? Like if you don't have the space, if, if you have been keeping things with this idea that I'm going to create something out of it, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to enjoy creativity because that's how I see myself or that's what I know is within me. I have to have the space to do this. I have to have the, the, the tabletop to be able to, you know, put out the hot glue and the string and the twine and the blah, 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 whatever it is that I need. Right. So that is part of this and it starts to change how you see your house. Okay. But as long as it's just an idea and you're collecting for this idea as opposed to the actual executing of it, that means that you're still holding on to stuff. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, you know, one of the things lately that I have been thinking a lot about is, you know, the first three steps of my decluttering process, which I, uh, encourage you to go back and, you know, I mean my books, so I'm an author in case you're new here. Welcome. This has been a rambly one for you to endure it this far. Uh, but they're all rambly. Who am I kidding? I have books decluttering at the speed of life has my five-step decluttering process explained in excruciating detail. I don't think it's painful, but you know, like it is explained in intense, lots of words, detail on how to apply this to your home, how to change your thinking, how to use this, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the first three steps are getting out the excess, getting out the stuff that definitely doesn't need to be in this space. Okay. Like, so this is trash, like actual trash, not trash that you're making hard decisions about, but literal, oh wait, this is trash. Uh, easy stuff, stuff that does have a home somewhere else in the house. I'm going to take it there right now. I'm going to remove it from this space. And the third is duh donations. Like, why do I have this? I can actually just donate this. I don't have to ask myself any questions about it. Okay. But identifying those three things, which are emotion-free, decision-free, just remove them from the space. I'm clarifying that space. Okay. I'm seeing what I actually have to deal with. So I have a podcast a couple of years ago where I talked about, um, a family trip that we went on where we got to participate as grunt workers in an archeological dig for five days. I loved it. My kids, not so much, but I really enjoyed this. Okay. It was actually right after I wrote Decluttering at the Speed of Life, and it was a wonderful brainless activity, physical brainless activity for a week. But what we were doing, the, um, we'll see now, I can't even remember what it's called, but the, the little section that was like my group of five that we were in, we were clarifying a wall. 
Okay, so there was a wall. They had gone down enough that they knew there was a wall. So our goal was to clarify the wall. We needed to get the excess out so that we could actually see the wall because that was our goal, right? So those first three steps are me getting out the things that obviously doesn't need to be there. In the archaeology thing, it was the dirt. You know, we were getting the dirt out so that we could see what it was that we were actually dealing with. So then we could know what's in this space, right? And so those first three steps are me clarifying a space. Going through that process of saying, okay, like let's say that you are at a point in your house where you're like, I literally don't have the space to move to do anything creative, okay? Well, then go to the general area where you think that this thing has collected-ish, maybe sorta, for this idea of something you would like to do creative, okay? Pull out the trash, put it in a trash bag or a recycling bin. Pull out the easy stuff that does have an established home, take that stuff away out of this space to its established home and get rid of the donations just with the idea that I'm going to clarify this space so then I can actually see and know what I have because my goal is to do this creative thing. Because as long as it's sitting in a pile and as long as it's covered up with things that are actually trash, actually shouldn't even be in this space or actually just need to go straight to the donate box, then I can't even see or do the creative thing. Okay. But with this goal that I need to clarify this space, get the excess out so I can see what I have and then take creative action because the creativity is going to be achieved by the doing, not by the collecting. Okay. One of the things I like to that I think about a lot is when I am in a creative zone, when I am creating, I feel the flow, you know, like, like I feel the creativity start to just kind of flow out of me. You know, anytime that I'm actively, you know, directing a play or whatever. It's like I come in with a set of ideas that I have had from the beginning. But as I execute those ideas, more ideas start coming, more ideas start coming, more ideas start coming to focus in to make it even better and better and better. And as long as it's stagnant and not flowing, more ideas aren't going to come in. So I always think about, you know, a, a pond. We've got ponds now. Okay. And in the summer, they can get kind of interesting. Like we're learning this, right? You're like, Ooh, that's kind of gross looking in the summer. Cause it's hot in Texas and all that kind of stuff. When you are, I mean, what I learned in Girl Scouts at least was that, you know, if you are desperate to drink some water, look for flowing water, right? I mean, you still have to, what's the word? Get all the gross stuff out, purify it and all that kind of stuff. But you are so much better off to look for flowing water. That's the water that's the one that you want. Okay. Stagnant water where it's just staying there. You know, it's not safe. It's not um, pure. It's not fresh. It's not, you know, it's just staying there. And so it's just kind of getting murkier and murkier and murkier. But if you will look for that flowing water, you, if you look at a flowing stream or a flowing river, you're literally not seeing the same molecule twice. Like you may see, I know you can't identify it anyway, but you're not seeing the molecule and just staring at it. You can't, why? You look at the water and that molecule that you saw a minute ago, it's way down the stream now, right? Like, like 
if you tried to hold on to that one, you're not going to have the beauty and what is so exciting about this flowing water, right? Like it's the in and the out, like giving myself this idea that stuff is going to flow through my house. And so if I let it go, I need to trust that more is going to be coming in, not stuff, but creativity, right? Like I don't need to hold on this onto this stuff with this idea that if I let it go, I won't be creative because I'm not achieving creativity because I'm holding onto it because it's stagnant here. But the more I can let it go and then another thing has room to come in and it might be the exact thing that I needed for being able to do this creative thing. I know, right? Okay. I did want to talk about something real quickly. Um, what if your creativity is in the keeping of the item? What if finding a super creative solution or place to put something or, um, neat little nooks and crannies and all that kind of stuff? What if that is your way that you express creativity? Okay. Well, I want to say, I always feel a little bit weird when somebody says that they're, a hoarder, but it's all completely organized. Okay. I'm not going to debate what somebody says about their own experience at all. Um, I just always feel like, but that's what I wanted. Like, you know, like that's what I was always wanting. I was wanting to keep all my stuff and keep it all organized. So it's always like, well, is that, is that something really that needs to be fixed? But for them, it does because they're listening to me, right? Like if they're listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast and that's you and you're like, it is bothering me enough to listen to this woman ramble on, on a podcast called the slob comes clean, you know, then it is something that you need to like, maybe you've been, you know, putting all your creativity into finding these solutions, but it's bothering you enough that you want to listen to me. I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. So I just want to say that for so many people who say I was able to keep it all under control, I was able to keep it all in these neat little places. And yet it was still weighing on me and stifling me. Okay. And then they tell me, and then I started decluttering. And that was when I saw real, not just change in my home, because my home already wasn't a disaster because I was able to keep it all in these neat little places, but I saw so much freedom. And I really feel like what they're saying is it freed up room for them to then be creative in other areas by getting the stuff out of the house. Okay. All right. Literally have no idea if this has been helpful or not, but it's been fun. I enjoy talking about creativity. It's one of my passions. Anyway, if you are looking for someone to guide you through the process, if you want someone to coach you through the five-step decluttering process, go to declutteringcoaches.com. That is uh, my website. Like everyone listed there is one of my speed of life decluttering coaches. Everybody there is one of my coaches. Everybody there uh, has been through the decluttering coach training course. I think right now we maybe have 16 or 18. I don't know. Um, and lots more coming through. There's lots more going through the training course and who will be certified at some point, but if they choose to, you don't have to be certified if you just want to go through the training course, but, uh, that's at declutteringcoaches.com, both how to find a coach and how to become a coach if that's what you want to do. But all right, I will, uh, talk to y'all later. Bye.